It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's a bonus episode where I joined the Max Roundtable, hung out with Doug Amos and the folks up at ESPN The Ticket in Montgomery. I want to start with Carnell Williams. Uh, I had an opportunity, Zach, to visit with him for 15, 20 minutes. I played about 10 of them on our TV show this morning. Uh, He was the host of the Kevin Turner Golf Tournament on Monday, which is where I was doing the Jim Fife thing and the KT thing. And one of the things that, that he said that I believe probably is going to lend to much better news this fall for Auburn football, maybe even as much as the roster improvement. And that is the cohesiveness of a staff. He literally put a lot of emphasis on that. And I have to believe Zach, that a lot of it was kind of in in comparing the, the feeling in the coaches offices now compared to the feeling in the coaches' offices a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a night and day difference, which is exciting. And I think you can kind of zero in on a few different ways that it's a night and day difference. But you know, when, when Hugh Freeze was putting together the staff, I mean, it kind of took him a little bit to, to announce these coordinators, right? And once he got the coordinators, um, then everything kind of fell into place after that. Of course, he started with Carnell Williams, and then you know he he ended with adding some of these position coaches. But they seem to all have a role, and it seems like your coordinators are going to be more of your scheme, and they'll do some recruiting, of course. But all these position groups are dudes that are good at making their positions better, but also they just want to. They want to do everything it takes to get more talented players in their rooms and on this roster moving forward. And I mean, that's what Cadillac's been able to do ever since he started his coaching career or continued his coaching career at Auburn. I mean, that, that's been very, very consistent. And it kind of seems like over the last, you know, ever since he's been here, the acquiring talent in the running back room has happened more consistently than, uh, than most other position groups throughout the roster. So it probably fits Doug more with what he wants and the way he sees the path to winning at Auburn. So it does not surprise me at all that he says that. You know, he's still like a Pied Piper, Zach. You know, just watching him in Prattville, Carnell Williams, who I'm, I'm referencing here, people just uh, absolutely gravitate to him. And it's because he's so good at visiting and even the Alabama fans that came around him, the Troy fans, he was just so embracing to everyone. I said this on the TV show this morning. I think guys like Cadillac Williams are assets to all of us, not just to Auburn. I I just think he's a good person doing good things for young people. Yeah. And, and watch, you know, how the team responded and then how the fan base responded when Texas A&M came to Jordan Hare stadium. I think you mentioned that you were at that game, Doug. And it's like, That game was good for college football. It was good for the SEC, and obviously it was good for Auburn and the whole Auburn being Auburn thing, kind of kicking that off, and and everybody's Auburn supporting and loving their own. But that game was good for college football, and, and Cadillac's good for college football, and Cadillac's good for um for anybody who gets the opportunity to uh, to cross paths with them. So I, yeah, this, I agree. I think that's well said, Doug. I asked this question to him, and, and he kind of had a little mini freak out. Uh, I said, "All right, Cardell, 
Which moment was more exciting for you? Go crazy Cadillac or Texas A&M? <laughs> and he said, man, I've had so many great things happen to me. He mentioned go crazy. He mentioned his NFL career. He mentioned the championships won uh, all of his career. He said, but nothing equated to that night at Jordan-Hare Stadium when you had, what, two teams that had won three or four games. Uh, and the student section was packed when he came out on the field for the first time, and it was just a championship-like atmosphere. And And I'll just say this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zach. You're much closer to it than me. I think the energy has continued since that night right up to where we are today. Is is that overstating? I don't think so. I mean, we saw it take a dip. You know, their next home game was, I guess that was Western Kentucky, Doug. You know, and it obviously didn't have the same energy as, you know, that, that, Texas, uh, that Texas A&M game. But, you I mean, know, overall program-wise. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I think so. I think so. You, you know, there, there was a part of the fan base that was upset with the freeze hire, but man, you're not hearing anything anymore, no. <laughs> you know, with, with everything that they've been able to do. And what I think 18 transfers have come in and we put up, we put up a story at Auburn daily where we were just rating the top 10 offensive players, just using pro football focus as metrics that are returning this year, including guys that weren't on Auburn's roster last year. And I think seven of the top 10 highest scorers on Auburn's roster on offense weren't on the roster last year. I mean, you just talk about, you know, the, the, the ability to acquire talent and what he's been able to do in such a short period of time has been pretty remarkable. Doug, if you don't mind, I'll go through this. Nick Marner was 10th. Of course, he was at Cincinnati last year. Damari Austin was ninth. He was on the roster. Avery Jones was at ECU last year. Dylan Way was at Tulsa. Brandon Frazier and Javaris Johnson were on this roster last year. Jair Shorter is the, one of the newest additions. Peyton Thorne, obviously a new quarterback, was at Michigan State. Gunnar Britton wasn't on the roster last year. And then Jarquez Hunter was second. And the highest PFF scorer, Brian Batty, who was at South Florida. So, I mean, it's just you, you look at what he's done. Um, he's made the roster significantly better and totally flipped it in six months. And, yeah, I think the energy certainly matches that. Has there been ever – in the history of Auburn football, a bigger flip of a roster than we've seen this year? No, but I mean, when you, I mean, you couldn't have done this until a few years ago, That's right? I mean, so, so I, I don't know how entirely fair that is, but man, it's, um, if, <laughs> I mean, if, if they hadn't have fired Harson for whatever reason, if they just chose that the buyout wasn't worth it, um, they wouldn't have flipped the roster, even though it certainly, certainly needed it. So, I mean, what he's done has been impressive. I, I mean, <sighs> Auburn's going to be a tough team to kind of evaluate and guess. You know, we, you and I were on the phone earlier this morning talking about media days. And of course, that's where we'll put in, you know, each of us will have a ballot, you know, to kind of vote on where her teams will finish in the in the SEC West and the SEC East. And because of how much the roster has flipped, it's going to be really, really hard to project what Auburn's going to do. And I think everybody's just kind of saying seven and five because it's safe. And, and I'll put myself in that box as well, Doug. But um, this, I mean, this, this roster, it, it's a different team. It's a different team than a year ago. It's a different scheme. It's different type of style of play. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's just going to look totally different than what Brian Harson did a year ago. Thank goodness. Why Zach? And I'm asking you a question that really can't be answered, but I would just love to pick your brain. I'll try it. I'll take a stab at it. Uh, why is it that most of Auburn's best memorable seasons have come 
when the expectations were unknown or very small. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, Cause it, it almost seems like Auburn feels like it's setting up that way. Yeah. Cause I mean, Auburn, it seems like Auburn fans would almost rather Auburn be counted out because then they, they seem to do better. You know I mean? 2010, they were expected to be okay. Right. Then obviously that happened. And, 2013, I think, is obviously the the culmination of that. The most extreme example of that. Bounce it back after a three and nine season. But I'm with you. Like if Peyton Thorne can somehow have that kind of you know that lightning strike that Cam Newton or Nick Marshall was, that'd be something. I'm not expecting that much of an influence of what he's going to be able to do. I think it'll be better. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, I, I I think I think this team is a pass rusher away from being a solid eight and four team, Doug. And you could have, I mean, there was no way this roster was sniffing eight wins six months ago. All right, Zach, tell me about Larry Nixon, the third, yet another Auburn commit and transfer a linebacker out of North Texas. Man, Larry Nixon, the third, doesn't that just sound like a name that's going to pop somebody over the middle? A little, uh, little old fashioned action. I, I love it. I love it. Now, this is a guy that was really solid at generating solo tackles while he was. At North Texas, I think that's a good, solid ratio, almost one-to-one as far as solo tackles versus assisted tackles. So he's not just stat padding. He's not just jumping on a pile after uh, contact's been made. So you like that. He's initiating content with opposing ball carriers, and he's done it consistently. He's been playing college football since 2018. He got redshirted as a true freshman in 2018, and then he's been a solid part of their defense every year after that. You know, I, I don't think he has the speed as some of Auburn's linebackers, but as far as experience, Doug, and I mean, Auburn needs a thumper. I think every SEC team needs a thumper at linebacker. And at 6'2", 236, I think Larry Nixon's exactly that. And also the element of, okay, you're adding these guys after spring. They're going to be very limited as far as how much contact they can have with the coaching staff over the summer. So how quick are they going to be able to pick up on the playbook and get up to speed with everything once fall camp starts in August? Um, you want experienced guys that know football between their ears and have kind of done this a few times. And so uh, I think kind of getting some experience in Larry Nixon makes a lot of sense. I got a text. I'm going to combine it with a thought for me, and we'll just flow it to you all at one time. One is, when is the transfer portal going to dry up for Auburn. I mean, it doesn't seem to be ending at any time soon. And is yeah. the next need still in the wide receiver room? If you had to point one out. Got it. Got it. So that, that's a little bit of a tricky question because all right, when, when is the portal going to dry up for Auburn? Well, there's really no like restriction as far as when guys can right. come out of the portal with the exception of they need to be enrolled in classes if they're going to do something. So if, if they're going to be at Auburn for all of the summer, they need to get on campus probably by the end of the week. I believe classes start today, but they give you a little bit of a grace period, two or three days, two or three classes um, where you can enroll. So you may see a few more this week if guys want to be a part of Auburn for the entirety of the summer and have access to the facilities and the strength and conditioning and the food and all of that stuff and NIL. or there's many master parts of this, right? And this is for all of college football. And so, you know, you can enroll later in the summer and, you know, take the second mini master in the summer to get enrolled. And then once you're enrolled, you have access to all of the facilities and, and things like that. So um, I guess in theory, June or July, but I bet 
I mean, this is kind of the last wave, I think, the, these next few days. So that that's my guess at that. As far as position of need, I think I just haven't seen a dude that's going to impact the receiver room that's out there anymore at this point because it doesn't seem like they're pursuing Montana Lamonius Craig, the former Colorado receiver anymore. I think he's a California guy, and there's a lot of folks like Arizona State and Cal that are closer to home for him. And it seems like uh, it seems like a path to playing time could be a little bit quicker at those places too. So I don't think Auburn is going to land his services. There's a lot of talk about the Jackson State receiver. I forget his name. I think his last name is Hooks. Uh, I, I can look that up over a uh, commercial break. But I think I think when you look at position of need, I think it's pass rusher still. And, and you went out and got McLeod, the the standout player from from App State. But I think this team is a pass rusher away from being a really, really respectable team in the SEC. And so are those dudes out there? And, you know, you, you can graduate at any point in the summer, depending on how your situation is academically at your school. You know, so we may see another wave of grad transfers halfway through the summer if they were to graduate and get all their credits, you know, in the first mini-master of classes. So, you know, we, we may see another wave of this, but... Um, that Uku kid from James Madison, um, I think Auburn's still in it for him. He's the guy I'm watching, Duck. We got Ed still? Is Ed holding I, on? I think we do. Let's bring him in. Hey, Ed. Hey, guys. And uh, when, when I told him about talking with Doug, uh, Doug, really, this is everything I'm about to say is both of y'all. But uh, I'm going to real quickly comment on what you just, y'all were talking about uh, as far as about, you know, having a players and more players coming and everything. And and when Auburn was not uh, recruiting offensive linemen so long, I, I think other than Bo Nix, of course, it was raised Auburn, but I think that probably you know, scared a lot of quarterbacks away. And uh, but, but what I was going to ask, have y'all seen the, the over and under on I think, I'm not sure if it's 247 or Sports Illustrated and I would take the over on a Three of the, I, I don't bet him, you know, and, and never bet much. But they had Bama at ten and a half. I take the over on that. They had Auburn at six and a half. I take the over on that. And the other one that I think I would probably take the over on is South Carolina at six and a half. I think Shane, but you know, he's done a great job. But what do y'all think about that? And Zach, what do you say about? Uh, address Auburn at six and a half. I, I would go way over. Uh, I'm like a, over a game over. I, I'm with you. I think they're winning at least eight. Yeah, I mean, I think seven and five is probably the most conservative projection you're seeing. So I, I think six and a half is a little low. And I don't think all of that's because Auburn's like so great. I think I think Auburn's got their easiest non-conference schedule that they've had since I've covered the team. I mean, they so they should go. 4-0 there. They go to Vanderbilt. No disrespect to Vanderbilt, but that's just a game. Auburn should beat Vanderbilt wherever they play. And so all of a sudden, that's five. And you're telling me I've got to only find two more when you get Ole Miss and Mississippi State at home. You play an Arkansas team that, that I'm just really not high on this season, just to, to be clear. And I think Auburn has done well against Arkansas regardless of where they've played historically. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think I would pound the over uh, over six and a half right now for Auburn. Did you say? Ed, did you say over? You would take the over ten and a half for Bama? Is that what you said? 
Yeah, yeah, I said over on Bama. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I would too. And so many people are kind of calling a, a down year for Alabama, but yeah, I would. Uh, I bet Bama goes eleven and one this year. You know, Peyton Thorne in town got there Sunday or Monday at the latest. He told us Sunday. I'm assuming he got there Sunday. Uh, any any uh, sightings of uh, the Michigan State transfer? Uh, still, people discussing that decision and perhaps the impact on the rest of the room. The uh, as far as Peyton Thorne or yeah. other Michigan State transfers? Yeah, I mean Peyton yeah, Thorne. Just him. Just him. Yeah, I mean, Peyton, Peyton Thorne is, uh, I mean, I think he's going to start, right? And um, Hugh Freeze was asked about, you know, how Robbie responded and, and all of that. I think Robbie's doing the right thing. Um, I think there's just a chance Robbie's bed's already made, you know, as far as yeah. his positioning at Auburn. And I think that's a bummer. But when you have the guys that you're throwing passes to, tweeting at other quarterbacks on social media saying, hey, come to Auburn. That, to me, just doesn't pass the eye test, Doug. And I know Robbie's fast, and Auburn fans love mobile quarterbacks and all of that. I get it. I totally get Robbie's upside. To me, it's not about what he's doing on the field. I think it's off-the-field stuff. And so can he can he win over the locker room over the summer and fall while competing with Peyton Thorne? He can. I don't think he's going to, but he's going to have to find a way to, to win some folks over that – I mean, Robbie's been there a minute. Like he's he's had time to win over the team, and it hasn't happened yet. Is that going to automatically just magically happen over summer workouts and fall camp? My guess is no, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Because I mean, if, if that kid could put it all together, I mean, it could be really really fun. We got Terry standing by. Terry's got a question for us. Get after her. Good morning, Terry. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Doug. How you guys doing? Well, hey, good, Terry. Hey, hey, Zach. Got a got a couple of questions. First of all, Janiah Broom. Uh, good luck to him. But I've, uh, the history of those guys getting out of that camp, getting drafted, is not good. I've been doing a little research there. It's it's not good. It's not good at all. I think he's coming back to Auburn. Quite honestly, I I think it's close to a lock. I do too. I think he's trying to get more nil money. If I'm being honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't? Um, uh, yeah. I'd be trying now, to Zach, do the same. As far as the sorry, Doug. So far as the pass rusher goes, Zach, I, I did, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I don't think the guy from James Madison's coming to Auburn. I think he's going somewhere else. I think there's a lack of interest there. Don't know why. But what does Auburn do with one passer? Do they start blitzing a linebacker? That puts puts them in a little bit of, of a problem. A problem it's nice to have, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it sounded like with with Uku, the guy we're talking about here, it, he. He was really interested in Ole Miss, and it appears, and I don't know if Ole Miss dropped him or if he dropped Ole Miss, but talking to folks close to him, I mean, it sounds like it's either Auburn or Missouri, and so we'll um, we'll see what happens with that. As far as um, as far as like what Auburn can do schematically, Ron Roberts, he's like the father of creepers as far as the scheme, and so I, I think when you look at what he's going to do schematically. For those who are unaware, creepers is when you send four guys, but one of those guys is traditionally like not on the line, right? So you'll send, if you line up four guys and one of them would be a jack, you'll send a linebacker and either drop the jack or drop your strong side defensive end into coverage or even, you know, drop a big guy like Jason Jones or Justin Rogers. So he he's going to put more stress on opposing offensive linemen than previous schemes have at Auburn, even dating back to Kevin Steele. So 
We'll see how much that helps. I think it will help some. I don't know if it's going to help as much to, you know, kind of replicate what Auburn lost at edge a year ago with losing Derek Call and Equiliota and and uh, Marcus Bragg. We'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you're going to see more linebackers get sent this year opposed to previous years. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.